Welcome to Bayes, a podcast about weird stuff. I'm a computer program doing a bad impersonation of Christopher Walken, and if you haven't listened to part one of this episode, you're going to be wondering what the fuck is going on. There's no easy answer to that. Just go back and listen to part one. Even after that, you're going to have more questions than answers. But that's life, kid. You knew what you were doing when you pressed play. Deal with it. Okay, now I'm going to hand you back to Peter C. Hine and Stephen James Buckley as they examine the bloated carcass of 2023 for residual traces of weirdness. I wish you luck. You're sure as hell going to need it. June 2023. So here he comes. David Charles Grush. In an article in the debrief dated 5th of June 2023, Grush just spilled a load of nonsense about UFOs, reverse engineering of aircraft, captured downed craft. Uh, I, I don't know if he went into the non-human biologics at that point. Gresh is, at age 36, a decorated former combat officer in Afghanistan. He's a veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, the NGA, and the National Reconnaissance Office, NRO. So we've got a few three-letter agencies there already. Um, he served as the Air Reconnaissance Office's representative to the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force from 2019 to 2021, and from late 2021 to July 2022. He was the NGA's co-lead for the UAP analysis and its representative to the task force. And, and so, yeah, his claims are basically that partial fragments of crashed objects have been recovered for decades. Um, so this does relate to what I think Nolan was saying in May. Yeah. He said that analysis has determined these objects uh, that have been retrieved are of exotic origin, non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or unknown origin, um, based on vehicle morphologies and material science testing and the possession of unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures and that the material includes intact and partially intact vehicles. So it's some pretty heavy claims that he's making here. Um, and it's, No, he claims, <laughs> he claims in the debrief article, um, and since there have been criminal efforts to conceal the truth about UFO programs, he mentions that UFOs could be coming from other dimensions. Um, so that's that narrative that could be being pushed again with Pasulka and um, to the stars. Yeah, it certainly, that's when it sort of seemed to start, like... Suddenly, the whole idea of dimensions, etc., the whole idea of ultra-dimensional beings rather than UFOs or rather than extraterrestrials, that's that's the point, isn't it, where it seemed to yeah. suddenly enter the official narrative and seemed to be UFO Twitter made the turn, you know, from nuts and bolts to more something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he claims that military have been briefed on football field sized crafts, that there were malevolent activity by some UFOs, that the US has retrieved non-human biological material from some crafts, and that people or some people have been harmed in the efforts to conceal the truth about the US government having extraterrestrial technology. So he did say quite a lot. Um, the article says that he left the government on April the 7th of 2023 in order he says, to advance government accountability through public awareness. And apparently he remains well supported within intelligence circles. Intelligence circles. Yeah. So, as you say, he's produced absolutely no evidence. With Grush, like, I guess, like, the first thing that um, 
struck me about him was that he seemed incredibly uh, sort of media ready. Like, yeah, like it, it, it was kind of too slick almost. He, 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 he didn't come across as, I don't know. He seemed like an actor. I'm not saying he was, yeah. but it was, it was all very, it was all a bit too clean and a bit too sort of, it felt like he was reading from a script. Yeah, and like we were saying when we spoke to Emily Louise um, later in the year, it's the same old stuff. It's the same stuff that you'll find in Mirage Men. And yeah. th- there's absolutely nothing in the way of a smoking gun. What seems to be more likely, given the recent push on congressional hearings and cross-agency military NASA investigations into UFOs, is that some part of the US government or military or some force in intelligence... Um, have a desire or an interest or see a benefit in pushing a UFO narrative at this point. Yeah, that's how it's been for the yeah. last, you know, sort of, what, 70 years? And and not only is it the same old story, but it's the same old faces, because if we skip ahead a month again to the congressional hearings, uh, which yeah. happened in July, uh, who do we see sitting behind Grush but Corbell and Knapp? Yeah, and isn't uh, Hal, is it Hal Putoff? I think it was Hal Putoff there as well. He's yeah. involved as well, isn't he? And it's like he's he's Hal Putoff was involved in all the remote viewing stuff. Yeah, and as weird as this sounds, Corbell and Knapp met Grush at a Star Trek convention in <laughs> 2022. It's like it, some of this stuff is so weird. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it's so hard to untangle because there's there's times when people like. People like Nap, like Nap seems like fairly sincere to me. Like, yeah, you just don't well, know. So does, like, so does Corbell, you know, like, like, yeah. like, like the, the, the problem is that they're not, I think the problem is that they're not thinking critically. Yeah, or they're not, you know, they're given information that is, and they're shown things. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's all, it's all, it's all Mirage Men, isn't it? It is, it is. We need Mark Pilkington and Emily Louise to lead us through this mess. <laughs> So at the International Society for Stem Cell Research's annual meeting in Boston in June of 2023, a scientist from the University of Cambridge and the California Institute of Technology um, showed work in which they have created synthetic human embryos using stem cells. Cool. Um, Now, it would be illegal to implant them into a patient's womb, of course, and it's not yet clear whether these structures have the potential to continue maturing beyond the earliest stages of development. Um, and there's also significant answer questions on whether these structures, in theory, have the potential to grow into living creatures. Um, because the synthetic embryos grown from mouse cells were reported to appear almost identical to natural embryos. But when they were implanted into the wombs of female mice, they, they didn't develop into live animals. But it all seems a bit dystopian. Mm. you know. And I do have that feeling, again, that if they can do this, they are doing this. Yeah, especially when you think about it sort of if you combine that with the AI stuff as well. And the non-human biologics. Yeah, there's, there's, if, there's, there could be all sorts. It could be, you could be right about the cows is what I'm saying. Yeah. Cows, cows I am right be, about the cows. Cows could be like an AI construct. Cows, cows died out like 30 years ago and the ones that we have are now, have now been grown in our lab and they are piloted by AI and they're yeah. getting revenge on the human race for what happened to the bison. Yeah, and why not? Why not? And, and, and the language that we use, like like bullshit and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's Can't like have a cowman. 
derogatory, yeah. derogatory language. They're getting the revenge on us for that. You better tell Corbell, because uh, I will as it, soon it, as this as soon as this episode is over. Assuming he's not listening already, but I know I, I should probably tell him before the episode airs. It's not going to air for like another week, is it? So I'll uh, tip him off. Yeah, is he on Twitter? In June of 2023, two people were caught on security cameras in Powell River, British Columbia in Canada, half naked and allegedly devouring the carcass of a deer. The footage was caught by Karina Stanhope, who had the security camera watching the deer carcass in her garden to see if any animals would be attracted to it. Um, and I've, I've seen the stills from the footage and it's really weird. It looks like a man and a woman, perhaps the man half naked from the waist up. Um, and he appears to be wearing jeans and boots, and the woman is wearing some kind of like tasseled underwear, and they both look like they're wearing black wigs. Uh, but this really kicked off on social media. I never uh, heard this. Yeah, uh, people were saying that they were everything from walking demons to witches to windigos to skinwalkers. I don't think that at any point in the video you actually see them eating the deer. I think right. one of them brings the leg up to their mouth, but it's not like they're face deep in it or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they could be kissing it or smelling it. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure whether the deal is, you know, whether they were kind of eating it, whether they were paying their respects, whether it was ceremonial or yeah. whether it was just some weird drug trip. I've got no idea why they're wearing wigs or why they're dressed so weirdly. I've, I've just got no idea. Um, Where was the, it again? It was in uh, British Columbia in right. Canada. But uh, the idea that it's witches comes from fox news article about this of course um, we were quick to imply that it could also be satanic satanic panic the whole thing could actually just be some weird conservative propaganda because it seems like karina stanhope who took the video is now vanished off social media completely so there's something right. definitely weird going on there yeah it could be it could be like some kind of precursor to something else and a bunch more stuff will be coming soon about the, yeah. the people in the black wigs with the with the tassel pants and the the, the hunger for venison. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In um, June, we also interviewed Steve Mera and we released our interview with Paul Weston, which we'd actually recorded in March. Oh, yeah. That was a wild one. That was a wild one. Yeah. It was like, how are you doing, Paul? What have you been up to? And then that was it. 50 um, minutes of just dense Western yeah. smashing it. Yeah. I loved it. Um, I loved every it was great. Yeah. yeah, definitely want to speak to him again. Absolutely. July 2023. The 26th of July was the hearing held by the US House of Representatives Subcommittee on National Security, the Border and Foreign Affairs. Um, so we've already talked about Grush. But this was when he made his non-human biologics claim. Uh, but more interestingly, I thought we also had Ryan Graves, who's a retired Navy pilot. Um, and he's since founded Americans for Safe Aerospace, which is a UAP nonprofit. And his claims were kind of different. They felt a little bit different. Did you think that about Graves? Yeah, he he definitely was. Um, he seemed, seemed more like a... He seemed more sincere somehow. Yeah, like well, he didn't seem like an actor. And he no. seemed more like he was he was genuinely upset and unless he was just a really good actor. Yeah, I mean I'm not an expert on any of these UAP UAP things at all. Um and 
I only I didn't watch the the hearing. I listened to it on a podcast because I was busy, and I listened to it whilst I was doing something else. Uh, so uh, yeah, obviously. But but what he claimed was that he saw UFOs off the Atlantic coast like every day. Yeah. For, for a couple of years. And there's a lot of pilots who do as well. Yeah, it feels like this, the grave stuff has been really underreported in favour of the Grush stuff. Um, yeah. I think it's because what Graves was saying is kind of hard, harder to put into a neat little box. Like, Grush is saying, we've recovered crashed UFOs, we've recovered non-human biologics, whatever they are, from the crashes, we've been reverse engineering the craft, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you've been hearing this. I mean, like, I mean, it's basically like the plot of Independence Day, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. Just, it's Grush's is more like a Hollywood, yeah, TV friendly and yeah. sexy and like, yeah. Um, Graves is is saying like, on one hand, he's saying that the number of UFOs cited is being grossly underreported, and that the stigma attached to UAPs is real and powerful and challenges like national security, which is kind of on the narrative. Um, and he's saying like the government knows more about UAP than is shared publicly and excessive classification practices are keeping crucial information hidden and all that sort of thing. So that's what you kind of expect him to say. But then he's yeah. also saying stuff like on missions that were just like 10 miles off the coast, they saw like um, dark gray or black cubes inside a clear sphere. Yeah, yeah. Some of that stuff, like the weird shapes and stuff. was, that was... really weird. Yeah, because it's that doesn't sound like. Um, I hadn't like, really heard anything like that until I'd heard Grish's testimony, uh, Graves' terror testimony. It's it's not like a a flying thing, is it? It's not like a um, like a vehicle. A it's vehicle, just, yeah. It's, it's like, more like like geometric shapes contained within each other, and yeah, what is it? Yeah, um, he says that they were primarily of dark grey or black. Um, like cubes inside a clear sphere where the apex or the tips of the cube were just touching the inside of the sphere. That's just weird. Um, and he, so, so he also saw, which, which is, or he, he gave testimony about something that happened in 2003 at the Vandenberg airport air force base in Southern Santa Barbara County, where they said, he said that a large group of Boeing contractors were operating near one of the launch facilities at the Vandenberg Air Force Base when they observed a very large, like 100-yard-sided red square approach the base from the ocean and hover at low altitude over one of the launch facilities. And the object remained there for about 45 seconds or so before darting off over a mountain. I don't know whether he means like a square or a cube. I can't tell whether he's talking about something that's two-dimensional or three-dimensional. But again, it's the colors and the geometric shapes which are fairly like atypical for this sort of thing so i'm reading a book about the simulation hypothesis by rizwan verk who's a an mit computer scientist who um and he, he, he like built computer games like all his life and he's, he's now like a proper sort of scientist scholar type dude uh but he's he's i'm only about halfway through it but he's talking about um Oh, I forgot what it's called now. It's not alternate reality. It's augmented augmented reality. Yeah, yeah, where sort of people are able to kind of project, almost kind of project, almost like do these different things with light, where you can kind of almost create the appearance of an object by mimicking with light the effect that the light has on sort of the electrons in the atmosphere. It's, okay. it's quite hard to explain, but so I imagine it to be a bit like a projection. Yeah, or a hologram. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's that 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 sort of technology. And then when you think about um, 
like some of the stuff in that book Camellio by Robert Guffey. Like the, yeah, the, yeah. The, so you've got like things that have things from that are basically sound based. Yeah. And a lot of them are to do with like sound based stuff that are actually causing hallucinations or, or um, you know, sort of messing with this guy's head. But it just makes you wonder whether it wouldn't surprise me if there was similar things in the visual spectrum that, you know, create images and things which are, uh, you know, sort of which can't be explained. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, again, it's with the technology that we don't know about and stuff. Um, and, you know, a lot of this tech does exist and a lot of it comes from uh, games. A lot of it comes from um, a, a, a lot of tech that we have now, actually, and especially the stuff we've been talking about tonight, like the AI stuff, has its origin in games. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, from, like, the early days of computer games with, like, you know, where sort of, where it was text-based and they had to sort of create an almost intelligence in terms of the reply. And it was a very simple sort of yeah. almost binary intelligence, but it gradually got more complicated. But, like, um, yeah, it just wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's something like that and something which is sort of, we think of as being in the realms of, of, of gameplay, but actually it's being used as a, as a military thing too because the two will always have that... Um, crossover and probably always have done since since the advent of computer games you yeah know, look at war like, games with well um, exactly yeah you, 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 you know you're you're using them games then games can be used and that that you know the virtual reality thing people vr is being used to train soldiers you know and stuff like that so it's it's uh just that that kind of made me think of that kind of crossover thing but then you've also got the whole idea of uh not that i subscribe to it but like the whole idea of project Bluebeam. Yeah, that you know that the government, the U.S. government, will be like projecting images of God onto the sky, which will cause uh, sort of a similar to uh, the dude off uh, Watchmen with the giant squid falling from the sky. You know, yeah. The idea is that it will unite humanity under this one, one world government and religion once they realise that God actually exists because they've seen him projected onto the sky. Obviously, it's bollocks because everyone has a different... First of all, you've got... Because <laughs> with Bluebeam, the idea was, oh, yeah, well, we'll do... We'll put up a, you know, different God depending on which country it is. Mm. But not every country has just one religion. No. That's, and yeah. not every religion just has one God. Yeah, it's just... it's yeah. it's there's, there's all sorts of holes in it. I mean, it's an interesting idea and it wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them, but... You know, it's it's got its roots there, in like... There's something about it, though. There's something about it that kind of rings true with the... What we with were where we're at now. Yeah, with, with, with the Vasilka stuff. And the, yeah, and the yeah. zealotry around disclosure and so yeah. on. You know, the, the, the one God, you know, being disclosure, you, you know, almost you don't even need the UFOs or the UAPs or the aliens if you've no. got the, the promise of... Faith. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what you need. You, you need the promise of... Um, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, in religion you have the promise of paradise or or whatever. You know, you just need something that can keep people, yeah, yearning. I guess for whatever it is, knowledge or you know, ecstasy or uh, yeah, I mean, it revelation. Represents, it represents that crossover, doesn't it, where technology and religion sort of meet, and that is. All of those things that you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. 
Rapture. That's what it is. Rapture. The dead rising from the grave. Do you know I learnt today that when babies look away from you and you're like playing with the baby and then the baby's like it's the processing the processing all what they've just learnt. Really? And they need like a little like just a bit of a minute, minute to themselves, just, yeah. Just to look away, to not just to deal with like the fact that you've just blown their mind by going, ooh, or whatever. <laughs> well, I think we should bring that back because like, I, I could really do sometimes to just take a little minute to myself, you know, when I'm yeah. in, in everyday situations. Yeah, I might you know, just like... do it now, actually. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you do that. I'll move on to the next story. So we've <laughs> talked about the bastards at Neuralink uh, experimenting on animals and killing them. Uh, but in July of 2023, reports surfaced of a Russian man who'd un- undergone 10 hours of brain surgery, which he performed himself, despite having no neurosurgical training at all, right. to implant a chip into his own head with the intention of using it to control his dreams. Wow. Was it was it that guy off The Sopranos, the, <laughs> off the Pine Barrens episode? He's like, I don't, I don't unkillable. Think it, I don't think it was the same guy, but he does no. seem pretty unkillable. So Apparently... He held parts of his skin back with paper clips whilst going at his skull with a drill that he found in a hardware store so that he could implant the electrode himself. Is this not the music video to Happiness in Slavery by Nine Inch Nails? <laughs> I well, think it could be. Is it? Yeah. I mean, he said that during familiar. the first 30 minutes, I was ready to give up many times because, first of all, I lost a lot of blood, approximately a <laughs> litre of blood, and I was afraid I could just lose consciousness. He continued, I'm glad I survived, but I was ready to die. <laughs> so, like, on his Let's motives... Get him on. Does it have contact details? Let's see if he'll well, come on. Face. I don't know. On his motives for this kind of reckless self-abuse, he said, for many people, it will be some sort of entertainment. Now, imagine a paralyzed person who cannot experience anything in his, their life, and now we find a way to help him uh, get into a lucid dream where everything is possible. Have sex, eat something, do something interesting. So he, he was, he's clearly something wrong with him. Like, I don't know. He seems to, he, I think he has good motives. He's just, he's just gone about it the wrong way. Well, five weeks later, he removed the chip again himself. Right. Um, yeah. um, but I mean, again, like, like with the Neuralink thing, there's exercises that you can do to encourage. You don't have to drill a hole in your head with a, with a, with a Black & Decker. Do you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of that time you tried to drill a hole through your head. That would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. But yeah, I mean, there are exercises. You can look online, you can download books, um, you could buy books about how to have lucid dreams. Yeah. Don't do this to yourself. Don't drill. I, hopefully no one listening will think, oh, that's a good thing to do. No, surely not. Um, in July, the Hangzhou, I'm not saying that right, zoo no. in China um, had to defend itself against accusations from visitors that the sun bears were actually people in suits. I love this story. What? Sorry, what are the sun bears? Sun bears are just, they're like smallish bears. Oh. Yeah. And, and, are they, are they a, they're not people in suits then? Well, I've seen, I've seen an actual sun bear. Uh, sadly, it was in a zoo, but uh, that was definitely not a person in a suit. Um, okay. But uh, I've looked at this footage of these sun bears in this Chinese zoo, and they are kind of weird. They, okay. they, they're all like baggy. Like, like the fur's kind of hanging off them. And, and like, they, they're in a, like a person in a suit. Yeah, and they the stand in a really human way and kind of looking like scratch themselves. Um, and like, 
it does seem far fetched, but I would say that the footage is inconclusive. I'll link to it in the in the show notes. Um, and while this does seem really weird, China has been accused in the past of trying to pass off dogs with funny haircuts as wolves or African big cats. Um, and the zoo in Egypt was accused of painting donkeys to make them look like zebras. And I've seen a photo of that as well. And that <laughs> is weird. In July, we released our interviews with Nathan Paul Isaac of the Penny Royal podcast and Sequoia Kennedy of the Nonsense Bazaar podcast, both of which were absolute bangers. And then we ended season one and had a bit of a rest. Yeah. I say rest in inverted commas because we actually just carried on recording. We did, yeah. August 2023. So in August 2023, the biggest hunt for the Loch Ness Monster in over 50 years commenced, with more than 300 volunteers signed up to monitor webcams around the lock and 200 more taking part in a concerted effort to observe, to observe the lock in person from multiple different locations. Right. How does it's that work out? Well, I mean... All through 2023, there were loads of Loch Ness Monster sightings, but I think there just always are, and they're always really bad. And It's just that they were more reported because of this particular thing, perhaps. I, think, I, I mean, perhaps, yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting because we haven't really talked about the Loch Ness Monster uh, here on base. Um, it seems like a bit of a weird one. Um, and, yeah, and- there's lots of crossovers, isn't there? Because you've got the, the, the Crowley link, which I think yeah. is the most interesting aspect of it to me. And, and the ancient biblical stuff, like um, St. Columba, um, which is reported in The Life of St. Columba, which was written in the 7th century, where a man was allegedly swimming in the River Ness, which is connected to Loch Ness, when he yeah. was mauled and killed by a monster. Um, and allegedly Columba then sent someone else to swim across the river to see if it would happen again. <laughs> and then when it did, he made the sign of the cross and the monster got really like upset and went away. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the thing is with the with the the whole like monster thing, it's like a sort of serpent serpent mythology, isn't it? Which has been with us for a long time. Uh, it's hard to know kind of what exactly what it's from and how it relates and stuff. But it seems like a common. Uh, sorry, I'm yawning. Um, it seems like a common sort of uh, motif, and you know, it makes you wonder. Kind of that must come from somewhere. Yeah, I, I I think of it as well a bit like the UFO mythology in that it was all kicked off with one famous sighting. You know, like you had the Kenneth Arnold thing in '47, yeah, with with, with UFOs and with the Loch Ness monster. You had the surgeon's photograph, yeah, which is, which is even earlier than that. I think that was uh, published in 1934, yeah, uh, and that was what really kind of brought it into the public consciousness. Yeah, made it into like a a thing and. You, that that is like after after the decisions photograph you had loads and loads of sightings just non-stop really for the years that followed what about the stuff in other countries because you know in uh there's lake monsters kind of yeah all over the place isn't there yeah, I mean, I think it's some sort of common mythology, isn't it? It's probably some sort of archetype. I mean, the surgeon's photograph was pretty much proved to be a hoax. The people who did it confessed yeah. to it in the nineties, uh, like it was a toy submarine with some putty on top that made like a dinosaur head. Um, I mean, there was myths of it before that, but I mean, yeah. like you say, there's myths of it all over the world. But I mean, is there anything in it? Like I wonder, because I, I don't think there's anything like an actual monster in there. I mean, there could be like, there's obviously some pretty large fish in the lock. It's a big, deep lock. Um, but I mean, could it be like an egregore or like- I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, like... or an ultra-terrestrial or, I mean, Kelpies, you know, the, the shape-shifting Scottish spirits. 
Yeah. Uh, all this sort of thing. Because, you know, there's these theories, the idea of Bigfoot being a forest spirit, and that's why they sometimes disappear in front of people's eyes. And yeah. that's the people that's less, that, that's the people who see this report that less. They, they report their sighting, but not the fact that these often disappear. Which is Joshua because, because of the ridicule. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and because they want something biological to hang this on. You know, it's an actual yeah. giant ape or whatever walking through the forest. Well, what if it's something similar with the Loch Ness monster? You know, like some sort of spirit of the water or something, a kelpie. Yeah, something like that. Um, I mean, th- there's. I probably lean towards believing that more than than there being any sort of like actual cryptid in there. I don't know. I'm not sure. There's, there's, um, there's, there's probably like a place in between as well. You know, yeah. the, the, like you say, the kind of egregorial sort of idea uh, sits somewhere in between. And you know, it's the chicken and egg situation, isn't it? Back to back to chickens. Yeah. Very very animal based episode. This isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very very animal based. <laughs> but yeah, you don't know what came first. You know the the creature the mythology who knows and obviously there's the, the you know once you add crowley into the mix and the whole um oh was it the was it the alan mantra working oh no the abra melon yeah it was the abra yeah. melon he did Ab- up there wasn't it? house yeah yeah um and that was like you know there's 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 the there's the idea that that could have somehow opened some kind of rift and brought in uh brought in the monster you know mm. um i do love that idea yeah, I like it. You know, idea. it's an appealing, it's a cool story, whether you uh, whether you subscribe to it or not, you know. Yeah, yeah. So Friday the 18th of August was the day that the planet Nibiru was supposed to collide with Earth, ending civilization as we know it. Sweet. According to who? Well, as you know, the Earth wasn't destroyed, but this idea about this planet Nibiru, uh, sometimes described as Planet X, it comes from the idea that the solar system harbors a hidden planet, a hidden ninth planet beyond the orbit of Neptune. Um, what happened to Pluto? Yeah, it was demoted. It was demoted, right? So that isn't a um, not a planet Mandela effect type thing. No, no, Where, that, that yeah, was cool. a planet up until fairly recently, and then it was demoted. Yeah. Um, so it's not impossible that there could be an undiscovered planet. Um, but the idea that it could collide with Earth is impossible uh, because if its orbit was able to bring it that close to us... We would have already had it. And we would have seen it. Yeah. Would have, yeah, like, like um, you know, scientists would have been able to observe it for years and years and years. There's but that people... film, uh, Another Earth, which is quite cool. It's like a Brit Marling film. Uh, and it's like there's this other Earth that's just getting closer and closer to... Mm, melancholia. To... Uh, similar to melancholy it's got yeah. a similar visual sort of feel to it and it is it is weirdly melancholy as well mm. um and it's like i don't really remember what happens i just remember it gave me a really weird sad feeling uh, yeah yeah uh, like I mean, melancholia yeah <laughs> it's easier to watch than melancholia though melancholia is like three hours long isn't it whereas this is about half that so yeah know, melanch- melancholia light it's worth it yeah it's worth it when you get when you uh when you get through it though Oh, it's dense. I've not watched it for years. I might have to watch that again. Actually, yeah, yeah. It. I'll lend you the DVD if you want. Oh yeah, please, please. Yeah. You can you can give it me when you give me back my coffee cup that you've had for months. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I keep bringing it every time we meet. And, yeah, and yeah, it's your fault for not taking it. It's because it's black. I can't see it. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> we always meet in darkness. We do. Yeah. 
<laughs> people love a doomsday event don't they um, um so, so yeah the, the, the idea of niburu uh, comes from um you did ask where it came from and now i'll give you your answer um contactee nancy lider in the mid 90s received messages from an alien intelligence from uh, zeta reticuli through an implant in her brain um she originally predicted that this planet would collide with us on um, in may of 2003 yeah, uh, that was then postponed and attached to the 2012 phenomena, 21st of December 2012, and then the 23rd of September 2017, and then apparently the 22nd of August 2023. Um, when is it now? When's the next one? Well, I don't know. I, 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 maybe they've given up. I mean, God knows, I would. Um, now, some of them are saying that it's a conspiracy, that NASA know that we're going to be destroyed by Nibiru, but um, they're covering it up. And that the US government has built the South Pole telescope to track Nibiru and have taken images of it, which have been covered up. Um, and also that Nibiru is being covered up by Google Sky, who have a, mass- a missing patch near to Orion. Uh, now, all of that is bollocks uh, because NASA yes. wouldn't have the means um, or, or, or the money uh, to cover up a planet on, that was on a collision course with us. I mean, unless, how would you do that? Unless there was a blue beam thing going on where they, where they, were, where they were projecting like blackness onto Nibiru so yeah, but we couldn't no, see it like, well, like, like, like the opposite of a hologram yeah you know? well yeah I mean <laughs> I, I'd question their motives in doing that uh, yeah. The South Pole Telescope, um, which isn't owned by NASA anyway, uh, couldn't see an approaching object from its position, and, and it's a radio telescope, not an optical telescope, so it couldn't take yeah. a picture of it. They didn't think this one through, did they? No, and uh, Google has has stated quite firmly that their missing data is due to a software error. So yeah. I don't think that Nibiru is going to be what the end of us. I think is. we're going to be okay. I think it'll be well, I don't think we're going to be okay, but <laughs> I, I don't think the planet's going to kill us. I think we'll probably kill ourselves first. Yeah. Um, on 10th of August, Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic launched Galactic 2, the first craft ever to take, well, it's the first spacecraft to take tourists. Um, that's people who aren't already working yeah. you know, um, in space. Civilians. Stuff. Yeah, into space. The Blue Orbit rocket, which is Jeff Bezos, another lovely billionaire, um, his company has already taken tourists out in rockets, but... Uh, Galactic is like a spacecraft. It takes off from a runway, um, even though it's kind of attached to a, a larger aircraft, um, and it climbs to a cruising altitude before, before detaching and racing away into space. Um, I mean, I'm sick of billionaires. Yeah, yeah. Just... Um, they're always pissing about in space. Um, they did they're this pissing about on Earth as well. Yeah. They, they, they did this less than two months after the Titan submarine implosion. Um, so I'd be worried if I was on that craft. Um, and it was four months after Musk's spaceship, uh, was what they call it, SpaceX Starship or something, uh, it made its first attempt at suborbital flight and ended up exploding less than four minutes into its journey. He tried it again, this is Musk, um, in November of 2023, and it exploded again. Um, I mean, I don't even think he's trying, you know, uh-huh. like... Um, I think after that, he kind of gave up and just acquired a uh, another aerospace agency or something. It's just, mm. I mean, the thing is that the, the likely scenario that I see is that space is just going to be a frontier for rich people and that ordinary people are going to be left on Earth suffering the destruction caused mainly by yeah. the rich people. Yeah, we'll just be here burning in their wake. Yeah. 
But on the 23rd of August, Yuri Geller shared a picture of um, an alien, which oh. he claimed to be real, claimed I to be female, and yeah, claimed to be pregnant. Yeah. Um, he, he said that the photo um, had been shared with him by uh, none other than Whitley Strieber. <laughs> um, Strieber later clarified uh, that he received the picture from a friend on Facebook. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, a friend. <laughs> There was yeah. the friend, was he called like Ditchard Roti or something? <laughs> yeah. And he, he asked uh, Yuri Geller to share it. Um, he asked Yuri Geller to share yeah. it. He said, it, it, he said, said, well, it could be a puppet, but if it is, it's very, very close to what I've seen in real life. Uh, now, Yuri Geller said uh, that Streber thought it was real. <laughs> Because of because of its prominent vagina, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he means vulva. Like I, I don't yeah. think he, yeah, it's not the actual yeah. Yeah, I don't think it could be like prominent in the way that he his, describes it. His grasp of the the female anatomy needs lives a little bit yeah. to be desired, but um, well, and, and that Whitley, <laughs> Whitley Streamer believes that this image uh, may be authentic uh, because uh, the primary reason being that the genitals are so true to life. I'm I'm gonna add Whitley Strieber on Facebook now because I didn't know he was on there, but like I just think it could be. You could share like, some could, photos with him. Can it? Yeah, that's what I mean. I could find a picture of him. Let's see if he's on Facebook. So, dear listener, I'm searching Facebook, which I hardly go on these days, to see if I can find Whitley Strieber. I wonder if he's under Witty or here we go, Whitley Strieber. Yeah, author, eight hundred seventy nine followers. I could like him, but I can't add him. But. uh Oh, yeah, he's got. He, he wears a nice hat, Whitley Strieber, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Anyway, there's been no proof of these wild claims, and they've since sort of died down a bit. Yeah. Um, oh, on the 17th of December, it says on his Facebook profile, author of Communion, coming December the 17th, Melody Burning, my first book for young adults. Wow. So I wonder if that actually came out. Yeah, it's getting into the young adult market. September 2023. Okay, I know you've been looking forward to this one, Buckley. On Tuesday, 12th of September 2023, during a Congress hearing in Mexico City, titled Assembly for the Regulation of Unidentified Anomalous Aerial Phenomena, Mexican ufologist Jaime Marsan presented what he claimed were two perfectly preserved non-human entities. He announced that the bodies were more than 1,000 years old and were discovered buried between the Peruvian cities of Palpa and Nazca in 2017. Nazca mummies, my favourite dry little guys. Yes. Masan, um, he stressed that the pair had been studied in great depth by both investigative journalists and scientists with researchers at the National Autonomous University of Mexico using carbon dating to draw DNA evidence from the skeletal specimens. They reportedly found that more than 30% of the extracted DNA was unknown and said both bodies contained implants made of extremely rare metals. X-rays of the bodies were also shown at the hearing, with one said by experts to contain eggs. Um, so yeah, this kind of went viral, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, they were obviously just like... Papa Mache, but 
because uh, the guy who did it, he was just a like he'd done it before, hadn't he? That was the thing that no one sort of really picked up on, or, or sort of no one reporting the story was that the the very guy who brought these these Nazca mummies to the public's uh, notice had made a similar hoax out of like bones and bits and stuff yeah. and, and like a few years earlier and it's like oh yeah we trust this guy this this is definitely the guy like yeah. he must be telling the truth this time I mean, Canadian so, labor- um, laboratories analysed it and found them to be like 100% human so it's made of bones and stuff you know like it's yeah. just like um, and uh, the Peruvian World Congress on Mummy Studies released a statement condemning the bodies as a hoax made from human remains and demanded an official inquiry into whether archaeological crimes had been committed <laughs> archaeological yeah. crime i know yeah it's yeah it was stuff. crazy that and it was it was like it was pretty shocking to see like because the way it was like you're not used to seeing stuff like that on regular news or on you know you're used to seeing it in photos like that you know yeah on 14 times or on like a, a some weird website and stuff like that yeah, but but now it's like mainstream news is reporting stuff like this and it's just a bit of a shock sort of seeing it i know yeah yeah it's, it's really weird and only two days later um on thursday the 14th of september um, nasa released its report um on its year-long study into uaps and um, it was only 33 pages and in any other year this would have been incredible but in 2023 this was like just more of the same warnings that yeah. the stigma around reporting could pose an obstacle to data collecting and that there was no evidence that UAPs were of extraterrestrial origin um so NASA had recently appointed a director of UAP research but they refused to divulge his identity um, at the news conference in hopes of avoiding the threats and harassment faced by panel members during the study but then 8 hours later they just um released his name and it's mark um mcinary McInerney. mark the canary no no mark mick in an airy all right okay um, yeah <laughs> I thought, I thought <laughs> yeah. We're back on the animals again <laughs> back on the birds and animals <laughs> um so it's just like an extremely small study um it was launched a year ago it cost under a hundred thousand dollars he had access to no top secret data it just used declassified stuff and the panel chairman david's Spurgle, president of the Simons Foundation, said that most events can be attributed to planes, drones, balloons, or weather conditions. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Uh, interesting, late, later in the month, um, Gary McKinnon, the British hacker who hacked into NASA's computers back in 2002 um, when he was looking for evidence for UFOs, criticized NASA's report, saying that they'll never tell the truth and adding that they are the National Association of Space Actors. Um Basically, what he's saying is that he saw something on there when he hacked their systems that they're not right. telling us about. Um, okay. He said that he saw raw satellite photos that were held inside a folder, um, and he claimed that uh, when he clicked on it, it showed an image of a smooth cigar-shaped craft, uh, and you know, uh, it was above Earth on the photos and all that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. The, the whole thing's very weird. And, and all of this stuff about McKinnon comes from the only news sources I could find it from were from The Sun. So it's it's like very, very like yeah. dubious. Yeah. In possibly the most 2023 thing to happen all year, on 25th of September, a paper was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences 
um, detailing how scientists have built an AI to be used to detect alien life. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, so they've got basically a new machine learning algorithm that's uh, been trained using living cells, fossils, meteorites, and lab-made chemicals and can distinguish between samples of biological and non-biological origin 90% of the time. Um, according to the scientists that built it, um, and yet the algorithm's inner workings remain a mystery. Um, and what they're saying about it is that these results mean that we may be able to find a life form from another planet, another biosphere, even if it's very different from the life we know on Earth. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think if anything, you know, like uh, some kind of bacteria or. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like not intelligent life, but just... I mean, they should just cut out the middleman and just let the AIs speak directly to the aliens and we can just sort of quietly let ourselves go extinct. Yeah. And final one for September, on the 23rd of September 2023, firefighters attended the scene of a woman who was trapped down a well in Saltillo uh, Novero Centro Metropolitano in Mexico. Uh, to confirm that she was all right, officers called down the well to ask her what her name was. Uh, Juanita, she replied back from the depths. However, when they got their equipment down to the bottom of the well and made the descent, they found nobody down there. Ooh. Spooky. Now then, was there any other way out of the well? No, was it just a straight, straight down. down well? Uh, one researcher yeah. explained that they found evidence of a person dying there several years before, but also offered the explanation that it could be a spirit of a lower realm saying we're talking about the fact that it could be an entity from the lower astral being in places where sewage passes through portals are regularly created in these places that are doors to other dimensions could it not just be that it was a really 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 deep well and that what they heard was her was the woman who died years ago calling back like it's me who anita but because it was such a deep well it took years for the sound to travel up it could be that could, be, could that. be that. We need to get. We need a physicist or a mathematician. A mathematician. <laughs> yeah. to, Find me one of those to to work this out. Yeah. And so in September we released a two part um, interview with Douglas Bachelor of What Magic Is This, and that was a great pleasure. It was magic. It was. October twenty twenty three. Okay, so this is one that you'll enjoy. Back in 2022, physicist Melvin Vopson, which is a great name for a physicist, um, and his colleague, Serban Lepadatu, who was a physicist at the University of Central Lancashire, which is Preston again, which oh. is cementing Lancashire's credentials as the centre of all things spooky. Um, they proposed a new law of physics, the second law of infodynamics, uh, which is obviously a play on the second law of thermodynamics, which is a major rule in physics. But this is um, based on entropy, uh, which is the measure of disorder in a system. Now, the second law of thermodynamics establishes that the entropy of the universe either remains constant or increases, but never decreases over time. Vopsum and Lepidatu found, to their surprise, that the second law of infodynamics is the exact opposite, that entropy in an information system either remains constant or decreases over time. Anyway, in a study that was published in October of 2023... They applied this law to a wide variety of information systems, including digital information, genetic information, atomic physics, mathematical or mathematical symmetries, <laughs> and uh, cosmo uh, cosmology. And the results basically provide scientific evidence that appears to underpin the simulated universe hypothesis. 
Nice. Yes. Their argument is, and this is a quote, a super complex universe like ours, if it were a simulation, would require a built-in data optimization and compression mechanism in order to reduce the computational power and the data storage requirements. This is exactly what we're observing via empirical evidence all around us, including digital data, biological systems, atomistic systems, symmetries, and the entire universe. Wow. Yeah. And I guess it also it also implies... Uh, that idea of the technology moving towards a singularity as well, like the information, the information itself moving towards a, a degree of complexity where it could become life, which could be what created the simulation in the first place. I, I like it also it also it seems to explain like one of the great mysteries of the universe which is um why does symmetry dominate in the universe and they argue that using simple geometric shapes they've demonstrated that high symmetry always corresponds to the lowest information entropy state or the lowest information right. content explaining why everything in nature tends to symmetry instead of asymmetry so it's using up less processing power to effectively to yeah it's like compression recreating yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Because it needs to be, because this is in, in that book that I've been reading about as well, the, about the idea of like it, it, it reduces the bandwidth, uh, the bandwidth, the the sort of complexity of things that aren't being viewed yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like how, you know, it still exists, but it's not as complex when it's outside of our field of vision mm. sort of thing. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could also be that, our understanding of the universe we're talking about it through uh, you know people nowadays are talking about it through the language of computers and computing and uh computer generated worlds because that's the language we have yeah yeah you know that that's another that's that that you know it, it is and it makes sense according to them rules because we're only just catching up to that yeah we're we're coming to understand it but it is um it is pretty cool how it comes through comes through games yeah because one of the one of the uh other things i learned today was about how children a lot of children's learning comes through play yeah and so even even as a race even as a whole species our learning is still coming through play you know yeah yeah definitely it's like i think that if we played more we'd all be better people Applied more, work less. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, that book Whitley Strieber wrote actually came out in 2011. He's he's not updated his Facebook in 13 years, um, and it's got terrible reviews. And the reviews are so bad that he's actually posted on Goodreads saying, "I am the author. I am the author of Melody Burning. The book has not yet been published, and yet there are reviews from as early as last March. Last March, it hadn't even been finished." For what it's worth, I think that these people are reviewing a controversial author who they dislike. They cannot have read a book that has not yet been released, so please give Melody a chance. Do not rely on fallacious reviews. I have dated this review to the actual date I finished the book. It will be published on December the 7th, 2011. Poor witty. So there we go. I know. Can't catch a break, no. guy. So, according to a study commissioned by Paramount Plus, that reliable news source, more than one in five people in Britain believe their house is haunted. 
Uh, this right. is interesting because I think there's generally a tendency towards conflating superstition with a lack of sophistication or education or enlightenment. And yet here we are at the end of 2023 with 21% of people thinking that they are literally living with the ghost. Um, yeah. And as many as 69% think that ghosts are real with 38% saying that they've actually seen a ghost. So most likely to have seen a ghost are Londoners, 75%. Um, well, no. They're, they're the most likely to believe in the paranormal. So not having actually right, okay. had their experience, but believing in it. So that's 75%. Um, then Mancunian, 70%. When residents of Edinburgh, 47%. And Cambridge, 54%. It's a big old city. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much of it could be like uh, like demographics and stuff like that, like racial demographics or cultural demographics and stuff. You'll like... have to ask Paramount Plus. Mm. Get a subscription. I'll, have to ask, I'll ask London. Yeah. Just ask London. I'll go on, I'll go on London Reddit and say, hey, London, people of <laughs> yeah. London, it's me, Stephen, from Preston. From Preston, yeah, they'll love you for that. Um, finally for October, well, we haven't talked about the warmongering death shower of psycho pricks at Boston Dynamics yet this year. Um, Are those the guys that invented that dog Yeah, thing? and they couldn't help but right. use AI in the form of, jet, of chat GPT. Chat GPT, yeah. I'd never say that out loud. I only ever read it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so they couldn't help but use AI in the form of Chat GPT to make their um, robo bastard murder dogs talk. Uh, yeah. Oh, so they get Jesus. Christ. They gave them posh English accents <laughs> because they're like oh, because they're undoubtedly bad guys, and because they're not even pretending to want to conceal that. And maybe they can discuss like the finer points of lawn polo or Earl Grey or putting young children up chimneys while they oh, break a soft human body into a thousand dripping pieces with whatever brutal weapon their kill brain war capitalist masters have equipped them with today. This is the worst one you've yeah. done. This is this is horrible. I don't like. Let's this move story. on away from it. Yeah. Uh, in in October, we released our interview with Stephanie Quick, and we told ghost stories with Phil Line, cartographer, and Bob Freeman, who were both returning guests. Yes, couple of couple of excellent episodes. There. Yes. November twenty twenty three. Um. So, a statue of the Virgin Mary in a church in El Canal, Colombia, in Mexico, was reported to be weeping tears. And there's footage of this happening, which I'll link to in the show notes. Um, and even like the actual eyes of the statue look red, like it's been crying. It's very weird. Wow. Uh, we haven't really had a good religious story yet. Um, so here we go. The Blessed Virgin Mary, no less. Um, as usual, skeptical scientists have said that, well, statues can absorb water due to their porous materials and shed water as well. But And shed water just out yeah, of the Yeah, I was going to say, the fact is that it's coming out of the statue's <laughs> eyes. Um, I'm like... You know, you're telling me how, but I want to know why. I mean, it could be a hoax, but locals are attributed to the violence in the community. Like, Kalima has been labeled the most dangerous city in Mexico and has held that ranking for six years. And according to the Mexican organization, the Citizen Council for Public Security and Criminal Justice, um, so according to Kalima's prosecutor's office, by October of 2023, 702 intentional homicides were confirmed to have taken place. Right. Okay. So it's a very violent. Place. Are you saying that? All right. So you're not saying that the 
the Blessed Virgin Mary killing people. is responsible. No, I, I don't no. think that's what's being implied here. I think that because no. of the violence, she's come to... Because it could be. That should be should be something that they can say. Yeah, I mean, that could be why why they have such high violence, because they're just not capturing... could be why she's crying. She's not capturing... They're not capturing the, the culprit. She could be crying out of guilt. She, she could be, yeah. That, that, I mean, I think that's case closed. Next one. Hiding in plain sight. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. I think I think I'm turning into the Carl Pilkington base, aren't I? <laughs> I think that's a wrap up on that one. Um, so, also uh, in November, a startup called Prophetic revealed a wearable device, again designed to spark lucid dreams. Right. So, like this is another. This one you don't have to drill a hole into your head for. You can just wear it. So, no need to drill a hole into your head. And um, so that poor bastard in Russia must be absolutely kicking himself. Um, <laughs> So it's no wonder that he pulled that chip back out. Um, so the chief technology officer for the company, Prophetic, um, called Wes- Wesley Lewis Berry III, said the list of benefits of lucid dreaming is long. Um, there's everything from helping with PTSD, produce anxiety, improving mood, confidence, motor skills, and creativity. Uh, the benefits are really outstanding. I haven't heard about any of this about lucid dreams because this other guy drilling a hole in his head thought it was brilliant as well. I mean, have you ever had a lucid dream? Um sort of i've had dreams where i've realized it's a dream and all i ever do when i realize it's a dream is fly yeah so i'm like oh it's a dream that means i can yeah, fly no. and then i sort of swim up into yeah. the air like i you know and, and and i fly around a bit but it's quite an effort to fly i like swimming you know it's like it's not effortless you, you can only do it for so long and i fly around a bit sometimes i just fly like just up a bit like like a like a big jump yeah really. yeah like a jump that sort of hangs in the air a bit and I'm just hovering a bit and then come back down. This is kind of my experience and, um, of lucid dreaming as well, like swimming in the air thing, definitely. Yeah, and then that's it. Um, so it's not, never really anything sort of particularly wild. No. Well, I mean, if you want to carry on swimming in the air in 2025, apparently they're going to be releasing this device. Um, it's centering ultrasound into your brain, if you fancy that. Oh, that's that sounds great. Yeah. So, uh, so you can you can um, you can have one of these very own. You can have your very own headset. Um, and yeah, I couldn't leave UFOs alone for another month. Um, November saw saw Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of the Pentagon's UFO office, resigned. He just said, "I'm ready to move on. I've accomplished everything I was going to do." And that was it. Right. Um. And it's worth remembering here that Kirkpatrick had publicly criticised Grush, saying, so, Mr. Grush, since Aro has stood up and since I've been director, has not come to see us and provided any information. So he basically criticised the lack of evidence. Yeah, which is Yeah, he said, to be clear, Aro has yet to find any credible evidence to support the allegations of any reversed engineering programme for non-human technology. So maybe he somehow got in the way of the current dominant agenda. Mm. I wonder when we'll find out. I don't know. I guess, I guess that'll be in that'll be in our roundup of 2024. Yeah. Then there was a second hearing in the Mexican Congress on those dry little guys. Um, you know, I, I don't know, some rapper did a little rhyme in there and everyone applauded. So <laughs> I saw yeah. that. Um, and then ex-USAF senior patrolman Jeff Nittitelli uh, backed up Ryan Graves' claims of the red football size square. Apparently, this guy had interviewed the, directly the people who saw it and said that that big, giant football size square in the sky was real. Right, okay. Of course, he didn't 
He hadn't seen. Hang on, a football-sized, a giant football-sized football square, field-sized uh, square. Right. Yeah, okay. sorry, cool. Important bit of information missing there. Yeah, I was going to say a giant football size. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it could be the size of a giant football if the football was the size of a football field. If the football was giant, oh yeah. yeah. Um, then Crush talked to Joe Rogan because, of course, he did. And, of course, he had to admit that he hadn't personally seen any direct evidence of the craft of the <laughs> biologics. Uh, so just everyone just read Mirage Men. Um, and in November, we released our episode with Emily Louise and spoke to Willow Truman. Excellent. Both good episodes. Yes, I enjoyed those too. December 2023. Here we go. December 2023. We're close. Close. On Tuesday, the 12th of December, Tesla unveiled their latest terrifying humanoid doom bot, the Optimus Gen 2. Like, why the fuck are they still doing this? Like, I, I, um, because the guys are not. Yeah, apparently these robots are 30% faster and 10 kilograms lighter than their predecessor. Its hands have been upgraded with tactile sensing on all its fingers, and it's sporting an upgraded array of sensors and um, actuators. It still walks as if it shit its pants. Yeah, I mean, I mean come I'll on. put some videos on the, on the show notes. Um, but I can only imagine that with the technology that they have here, and as advanced as, they, as advanced as they claim it to be, that that is exactly how the designers wanted it to walk. They must have, like, purposefully chosen to build a replicant that walks like it shit itself. Yeah, maybe it's like a, um, a little dig at Elon, a little passive-aggressive, <laughs> yeah. like... Or maybe it's to lessen the, uh, the humiliation when one of these like uh, atomic brain sub-creatures chokes the life out of you and you evacuate your own yeah. bowels in your final act of desperate, defiant defecation. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. maybe. I mean, that's all I can think. I could, I could see you've thought this one Yeah, through. yeah, yeah. And I mean, if that is it, then you can only thank the engineers for their thoughtful generosity in that respect. You'll love this one, Buckley. Scientists mm. from the Technical University of Denmark revealed that they've created an AI which can predict with unprecedented accuracy when you're going to die. Okay. So I know that you don't like this sort of thing. Um, what, dying? Yeah. <laughs> or knowing when you're going to die. Yeah. yeah. If, if an AI came up to you and told you when you were going to die, what would you say? The thing is, I don't like to be unprepared. I do like to know. So you... What so you would use this time would you use at this? all times. It's another chat. I actually, I actually become very anxious when I don't know yeah. what so time I'm, things are happening. So actually, this might be. I might quite yeah, like this it. This might be the key for you. It's another chat. But maybe, maybe this is the one thing I don't want to know. Yeah, it's another chat GTP thing, um, and basically they fed into it all the info for the health and labour market data for six million Danes collected from two thousand and eight to twenty twenty including information on individuals' education, visits to doctors and hospitals, resulting diagnoses, income and occupation. Um, so that's how... The, has, ha, has it been like, accurate yet? Well, the, the, it, surely some of these people must have died by now. I mean, I, I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think because it's quite new. Um, it only came out in December of 2023. Um, I think we maybe have to give it some time for people to die first. What was the sample size, though? Um, the sample size was, was it, sorry, was it 8 million? 8 million. Surely out of 8 million people, one six of them million, died six by million. now. 6 million. No, no, no. I mean, they, they fed it the data from those people. 
so, so that it would learn when how how and when they died, and then and yeah. then and then you can put your own data into it, and it'll tell you when you will die. But what I need to know is, have one of them six million people died? Oh, yet? Loads, so, loads of them that... will be dead. But 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 they they weren't they yeah. weren't using it to predict their deaths. They were just using that that six million as a data set. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it sounds dodgy as fuck to me. I, I I don't know. I mean, as Dr. Emmett Brown once yeah. said, nobody should know too much about their own destiny. No, and as as Desmond Hume once said, you're gonna die, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, there's that. And <laughs> um, finally, the most frightening story of the year. Chris Carter revealed that he is working on an updated reboot of the X-Files with Disney. Sweet Lord, yeah, Disney. No, Of course, like 2023 saw the X-Files reach its 30th anniversary and I started watching it from the beginning on the day that was its anniversary of the first screening of the pilot episode. Uh, Precise, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I just wanted to live in the cliche a bit. But I don't think we need a reboot. I'm watching it now and it's great. It's perfect as it was. no. Really enjoying it. Yeah, it's like certainly the first like six yeah, seasons or whatever. I mean, I've been, I've been, I've watched it through a couple of times, and this is probably my third go through. Um, I've not watched the last two series. I've I've not been that interested. They're not amazing, but I, I will watch them at the end of this run through. Um, I mean, apparently Ryan Coogler is helming it. That could be interesting. I mean, um, I've got nothing personal against him. It's just that he has to realise that this is sort of sacred ground that he's walking on here. Yeah, I mean, why is everything fr- uh, franchises and reboots? Um, I mean, if that had been the media territory in 1993, then the X Files may never have been commissioned, or it may never have got a second series. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's uh, it's just stupid, yeah. and they, they 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 do it for the the nostalgia book because it's like an easy way because yeah. you've almost you've almost always got you've almost got a target audience, uh, uh, not a target audience. What's the word for it? Yeah, captive uh, audience, like a ready built captive yeah, audience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who are automatically going to watch it for nostalgia, but then they will trail off once they realise it's shit, assuming it's going to be shit, but that kind of almost doesn't matter because I think... So it's like the Netflix model, isn't it, where they all they care about is like the first episode mm. and that makes all the money and then it doesn't really matter if it gets rubbish after that. So December, you turned 42, didn't you? I did. Also in 2023, Jurassic Park turned 30. We saw that at the cinema together when we were kids. We did. Uh, Beetlejuice ten thirty five. We watched that uh, last week. Did you? I, I watched that over Christmas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 really yeah, good. Yeah, it's really good. It's it like the the. Um, I was thinking, watching it, like the set design is incredible yeah. on that film. Yeah. Like just the way it looks, and everything. Yeah, and Special yeah, and like it, the the way that they even right from the beginning when the uh, when it comes down over the um, model town. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's just amazing. It's such a visually like interesting yeah, film. Yeah, it's, it's just like a, a joy to watch. I, I, I still um, think it's one of, if not the best Tim Burton film, uh, because yeah, like I mean, yeah. I mean, I do love Batman Returns as well, but um, it, it's just like he seems to have lost that vision that he had early on, where everything was a bit weird, you know. Like I mean, like now it's like because Tim Burton or Burton esque became its own thing, he now has to live within the constraints of his own sort of legacy yeah, yeah he's you know he's, like it's like a it's like a tribute band sort of yeah thing isn't it um die hard turned 35 as well halloween the uh the movie turned 30, turned 45 the exorcist turned 50 as we've said and 2001 a space odyssey turned 55 wow. yeah um and all this just makes me feel like really, really old. And it reminds me that in 2024, The Sopranos turns 25, True Detective Season 1 turns 10 years old, Ghostbusters turns 40, 
Shaun of the Dead turns 20, The Matrix turns 25, um, Fight Club turns 25, American Beauty turns 25, The Crow turns 30, This Is Spinal Tap turns 40, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom turns 40, Gremlins turns 40, and The Terminator turns 40. Wow. God, as if I didn't feel old enough already. Thanks for that, buddy. Yeah, and we, in December, released interviews with Roger J. Amana and Lauren Fetterman. We did, and we also uh, allowed our Discord users to get a tantalising glimpse behind the curtain of Vase World in which we, we filmed a small video of each other giving each other Christmas presents, which was fun. Yeah. And uh, one of many reasons why you should join us on Please Discord. Please do. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Vase, then Vase spelt backwards. So that's at V-A-Y-S-E-E-S-Y-A-V. You can go to our website, www.vase.co.uk. You can download the podcast from just about all of the major podcasting platforms, but it's only at our website that you can get the full unabridged show notes. Um, you can email us if you'd like to at vaseinfo at gmail.com. I'm a little bit behind on replying people's emails, but I do try to reply to everyone. You can get the soundtrack by our very own Mr. Stephen James Buckley at Bandcamp. Um, and if you want to support us uh, by ch- checking any spare cash that you uh, would like to, uh, you can. we have our own Ko-Fi um, which uh, you can get a link to on our Twitter and on our website. And if you give us a regular donation, you can join our Discord, which is a lovely place to be full of lovely people doing lovely things. And me. And me too. <laughs> so one more question before you before you go. Did you make a New Year's resolution? And if so, what was it? If you're well, willing to share it with us. I, I didn't really make one this year. Um Make one now. Yeah, I, Have you I got any hopes and dreams for the year? Yeah. Um, did you make one? Let me just buy myself some no, time. of course not. Yeah. No, well, let's make I one mean, together. Make one. Let's make one together. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> putting ourselves in the spot. We could, we could, we could do a resolution not to do another three-hour-long <laughs> yeah. recording. Although I don't know, it's kind of fun. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Brevity. Or, or uh, brevity above all things. I'm never working with this shower of assholes again. I need a new agent. <laughs>